You're listening to Teach Me Thy Statutes, a production of the Ephesus School Network. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. The company of the angels was amazed. When they Hi, this is Father Aaron Warwick with Jason Evert, and you are listening to the Teach Me Thy Statutes podcast, episode number 39. Today's reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 6, verses 11 through 17. Brethren, you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies to make you obey their passions. Do not yield your members to sin as instruments of wickedness, but yield yourselves to God as men who have been brought from death to life, and your members to God as instruments of righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Are we to sin because we are not under law but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you yield yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness? But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed." Father, in verse 16 of today's reading, it says, Do you not know that if you yield yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness? Father, the word slave is one that evokes very strong emotions for many, and understandably so. Mm -hmm. But are we correctly understanding what we read in Romans today, in regards to this word slave, uh, I, I guess I'm asking if the term slave in a biblical context is the same as what we would think of in a more modern context. Well, I can't say I'm an expert on slavery in the United States or slavery in the Roman Empire when the New Testament was written, and so I can't necessarily compare and contrast those two different institutions of slavery in an academic sense. But what I can talk about is the topic of slavery more broadly, how it's used in the Bible and so forth. Okay, yes, please do. So to begin, I would note that the word being used here in Romans that is translated as slave is the Greek word doulos. This word is unfortunately, and probably because of what you mentioned about the tragic history of slavery in the United States, many times translated very weakly as servant or handmaiden in the Bible and sometimes also in our service texts. In fact, when we come to Holy Communion in English, at least in our Antiochian churches, we normally say the servant of God and then their name, if it's a male or if it's female, the handmaiden of God and then that person's name. But in actuality, the most strong translation is the slave of God and then their name. In any case, this word doulos means slave, and essentially no matter the difference there might have been between slavery in the Roman Empire and more recently in the U.S., the nature of slavery is that a person is under bondage. A person is essentially treated as property, meaning that they do not have their own will. And we can distinguish here again very broadly between what we call employment and what we call slavery. Yes, uh, that might be a, a helpful distinction. Right, so think, think about many states and employment law here in the U.S. Uh, we have, and, and certainly we have this here where we are, Jason, in Kansas, uh, we have what we call at-will employment. 
And at least theoretically, the very nature of this type of situation is diametrically opposed to slavery. It's an understanding that the employee is free to leave at any time he or she wishes. You can go get another job if you want. On the other hand, you have slavery, which is a situation where you have no will. It's like you have no will employment instead of at will employment. You do whatever the master tells you to do under the threat usually of severe punishment if you don't. And in that type of society or economy where you have slavery, if a slave flees, not only could they be punished physically, but they would likely be unable to find any type of employment anywhere else in that society. So they're trapped. It's interesting that you bring up the idea of being trapped because it seems like that's what is being mentioned here in Romans when it talks about being a slave to sin. Yes, exactly. That's, that's what the text is expressing. It's saying that if we live by our nature, by our natural biological instincts, then we become slaves to sin. We're trapped by it. It controls us. It's as though we have no choice. We have no will, almost, it seems, because it has been taken such deep hold of us and trapped us. And I'm sure you and many of our listeners are familiar with a famous passage from Romans that encapsulates this idea. It's actually in the seventh chapter, verse 15 the chapter uh, after the one from which you read today, when Paul says, For what I will to do, that I do not practice, but what I hate, that I do. And again, this is an expression of being a slave to sin, of being trapped. Mm -hmm. That definitely makes sense. So what then does it mean to be a slave to Christ? Yeah, good question. Uh, But before I answer it directly, I want to point something out first. Sure, what is it, Father? We're mistaken if we say or if we think that Jesus has, quote, set us free in the abstract. And I'm pointing this out because of of what you mentioned about relatively uh, recent history of slavery in the U.S. and also because of the politics and society in America today. We need to understand this distinction. Uh, What exactly do you mean? We have this idea in America, and I'm, I'm certainly not opposing this idea in civil society. That's not at all my intent, just to be clear. But we have this idea that the individual is free, and what I'm referring to here as free in the abstract, meaning that we can do what we want, basically, so long as we don't infringe upon the rights of others. So you can live where you want, you can work where you want, you can go to school where you want, you can borrow money from anyone you want who is uh, willing to loan you the money. You can vote for who you want and so forth. And again, uh, I'm not going to be political or anything like that, but it's a very broad or generic understanding that we have of being free or of being set free. Right, yes. I think that's a fair characterization. And so what what you're saying is the difference between that and what's happening in the Bible and perhaps even more specifically here in Romans or in a, in a Pauline understanding. Yeah, the difference is that you are still a slave. You are set free by Christ, not in the abstract. You're set free from the law, a law that ultimately leads to death because no one can totally live by it. You are free, again, not in the abstract, but you are free from your slavery to sin. So you're offered another, a better option. You're now able to be a slave to Christ. But again, you're not free in the abstract American way of thinking about freedom. You're still a slave. Interesting. Why do you bring that up? Or I guess I should say, why do you think it's important to make that distinction? 
I think it's an absolutely necessary and valuable distinction because it helps to understand your original question about what it means to be a slave of Christ. What it means to be a slave of Christ is that you're bound by his law. In other words, you are not free in the abstract. If you were free in the abstract, you could do whatever you want, whenever you want. But such is not the life of a Christian. As a Christian, we are bound to Christ's teaching. We are his slave. Could you elaborate on that a little further, Uh, perhaps maybe with some practical examples? Yeah, good idea. So as a slave of Christ, you're bound to love your enemy. You cannot legitimately, as a slave of Christ, decide that it's okay to hate someone because they did something bad. No, you, you have to love them. You're bound by Christ to love them. And if they sinned against you, you have to work on forgiving them. And yet again, I need to remind people of something we've talked about in the past. There's a difference between forgiving and forgetting. I think we did an almost an entire episode, if not an entire episode, on, on that earlier. And in the real world, there sometimes has to be boundaries because of sins that people have committed against us. But as a Christian, even if you're a victim and even though you may need permanent boundaries, you're still bound to work through forgiving a person, which psychologists will also note is the most healthy way to recover from a traumatic experience. Otherwise, if you don't forgive, you let the person who victimized you continue to victimize you by controlling your life and your thoughts and your narrative. But as a slave of Christ, as St. Paul points out elsewhere in Romans, you have absolutely no right to judge another person. He or she stands or falls before their own master, Christ. You're just a fellow slave. So all you need to do is worry about doing your job, about pleasing your master, and you don't need to be distracted worrying about every other slave and whether he or she is doing their job. That's not your concern. And then perhaps most importantly, we need to point out that being a slave to Christ means you are a slave to a benevolent owner. Your owner is extremely merciful. He overlooks your mistakes and your shortcomings, and all he really asks in return is that you practice that same mercy towards all his other slaves. That's his basic, fundamental law. All the rules of your household as a slave to him are based on that concept. But of course, you're still a slave, and so if you violate that law, then you'll be punished, because you are bound to be merciful just as he is merciful. And so I'll close by going back to that concept we discussed earlier about being trapped. The Bible traps you. You're trapped as a slave one way or another. You're going to be a slave. You're either going to be a slave of sin, which leads to corruption and death and anguish, or you can be a slave to the merciful one who only requires that you practice that same mercy that he gives you to others, which admittedly can be hard for us at times, because we're so often tempted to be slaves to sin. Thank you, Father. In today's episode, Father Aaron explained that while we may believe that the individual is free, in truth, without Christ, we are slaves to sin. As a slave of sin, we are led to corruption and death. As a slave of Christ, we are led to our salvation. In Christ, we are set free from the law and are free from our slavery to sin. And yet, we remain a slave. As a slave of Christ, we are bound to his teachings, to love our enemy, to work through our forgiveness of those who have harmed us, and to refrain from judging others. In our earthly life, we are all slaves, bound either to sin or to our Lord Jesus Christ. Alleluia.
Thank you for listening to Teach Me Thy Statutes. We hope you tune in next week for a new episode. Alleluia, glory to thee, O God. Alleluia, 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 glory to thee, O God. O our God.